0: Hello and welcome. My name is Dr. Kenitra Bryant and today's motivational aim targets Empowered in Revelation. Thanks for listening. I'm currently covering a series entitled Empowered. This is a detailed extension from the Bible plan I created with the same name. I've already covered parts one through three of this six-part series and first-time listeners or listeners who are checking in I encourage you to listen to this series in its entirety. And the scriptural references can be found in Judges, the sixth chapter through the eighth chapter. But the passage of scripture that I will be targeting in on for this motivational aim is Judges, the seventh chapter in the first through the eighth verse. I am going to read this passage and then I'm going to do what I do. Okay. Jeroboam that is Gideon, and all the troops who were with him, got up early and camped beside the spring of Harod. The camp of Midian was north of them, below the hill of Moray in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many troops for me to hand the Midianites over to them, or else Israel might elevate themselves over me and say, My own strength saved me. Now announce to the troops, whoever is fearful and trembling may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 of the troops turned back, but 10,000 remained. Then the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many troops. Take them down to the water and I will test them for you there. If I say to you, this one can go with you, he can go. But if I say about anyone, this one cannot go with you, he cannot go. So he brought the troops down to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, separate everyone who laps water with his tongue like a dog. Do the same with everyone who kneels to drink. The number of those who lapped with their hands to their mouths was 300 men. And all the rest of the troops knelt down to drink water. The Lord said to Gideon, I will deliver you with the three hundred men who lapped and hand the Midianites over to you, but everyone else is to go home. So Gideon sent all the Israelites to their tents, but kept the three hundred troops who took the provisions and their trumpets. The camp of Midian was below him in the valley. So, you just heard that, and if you read it for yourself, you saw it. In parts one through three of this series, I covered how Gideon was selected by God to do something out of the norm in his life. God called him to go against the current. He was going against the current trials of the land. He was going against the current traditions in his family. He was going against the current devastation he endured alone. He was going against the current of the culture. He didn't think he had it in him to complete what God commanded him to complete. So God empowered him. He had the faith to move forward, but God still confirmed some things in his life to give him strength. Now we are at the point, and God empowered him with boldness too, but now we are at the point when Gideon is about to actively pursue what God called him to do, And it was time to live it out and walk it out. God appointed Gideon to lead, administrate, and organize what he needed to do. As he's organizing, God is making sure that Gideon keeps God first place. And God is setting some things up because the people who will assist Gideon in this task, they have to go through a strict training and screening process set up by God and it's interesting to read that God told Gideon you have too many troops for me to hand the Midianites over to them or Israel might elevate themselves over me and say my own strength saved me. You see that is very insightful because many people think that if they have a lot of people backing them up and supporting them and fighting with them or fighting for them, then they will be so successful. And God is letting us know when he calls us to do things, he sets things in motion on who's allowed to be a part of the victory process. Not everybody can go. Not everybody can do Because sometimes individuals think that if they did something and they were a part of something, then they were the ones who were the masterminds behind the whole operation, not understanding that God set that thing up for them to be successful. So God is letting Gideon know you have too many people with you. Too many. And God knew these people's hearts too. For him to say, they'll think that they did this on their own. And then they'll just... Throw me to the curb. Make it look like I didn't have anything to do with it. As we go through life and God gives us tasks to complete, when God starts to tell us that certain people can't go with you, you have too many with you, take heed to that and do what God commanded you to do. Don't look at the numbers. Don't look at the people. Don't look at the titles. Look at God because he supersedes all of that. Just like he told Gideon, you have too many people around you. Too many. Sometimes too many people around us can keep us stuck in our current situation. It might look like it's a success. It might look like it's the right thing to do. It might look like, okay, if I post these pictures of all these people supporting me, I can get some bragging rights. But if God didn't facilitate it, you don't want to be a part of it. If God did not facilitate it, you don't want to be a part of it. Too many people with the wrong thought process around you can create stress. And then you don't know what type of influence that they're bringing to your organization to your project to your idea to your life to your house to your family to your relationship to your business to your mind to your body to your health to your car to your pets too many influences that you can't control will end up controlling you if it's not checked And I don't think anybody wants to make time for something like that. And you really don't have time. The aim is to choose and select the right people so that you can give glory to God and you keep God in his rightful place. When God elevates you, when God promotes you, when God tells you that you're going to be responsible to do A, B, C, D. All the way to Z, God will have you set up a training and screening process to follow that is rooted in His Word, just like He did with Gideon. Through this training and screening process that first starts off with asking God for wisdom and discernment and revelation, when God tells you to act, You act, and when God tells you to move, you move, because at one point or another, the individuals before us, if there are too many, God knows how to separate them from us. The wrong people around you, even in your moments of victory, could encourage one to think that their empowerment, their strength, Their boldness, their hope, their tenacity, and their revelation came from themselves and not from God. Although it was God the entire time. So, God tells Gideon, Announce to the troops, whoever is fearful and trembling may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 you that's in your bible, you read it, you see it. 22,000 of the troops turned back, but 10,000 remained. That is really something. Had Gideon not made that announcement, just think about it. Had Gideon not made that announcement, there is no telling who would have stuck around and even tainted the troops. Who were committed to the cause. That's a lesson. And the lesson is aim to never look at the number of people you have around you as your saving grace. You could have a lot of people on your team, a lot of people. They have the t shirt, they have the badge, they're ready to work for you and with you. But have you asked God to show you, are these people afraid? Are these people fearful? Are these people ready to commit? And then when the Lord lets you know, hey, ask them. And they tell you, yeah, I'm not too sure about this. Hey, you have an issue on your hand that you might need to let that person go. Because when things need to get done, you don't have time to be patting people on the back and trying to coax them to co-sign and believe in your vision and believe in the vision God has given you to do and execute. It's okay. You asked. They responded. Now you work with what you have. Now it's not for you to become fearful now because these people left in droves. Oh my gosh. All these people left. Yes, they sure did. They're gone. But guess who didn't leave? God. And that's more than millions of people in the whole world leaving you. God is the majority. Never forget that. Don't walk around frantic. Oh my gosh, I mean, if I do this screening process and I eliminate people, then I won't have anybody. Okay, when you started, you didn't have anybody. God brought those people to you. And if he did it then, he knows how to increase you every step of the way. It's always in our best interest to use who God wants us to use. It's always in our best interest to pick up what God tells us to pick up. Use the resources God told us to utilize. We shouldn't be picking up and trying to utilize resources in people who are afraid. They are afraid of what God called you to do. Their minds cannot grasp that assignment. And that's okay. As far as I'm concerned, this is a great practice to utilize in every area and aspect of your life. I'm not saying to go around and announce to people in a condescending tone hey, <laughs> you scared? Are you afraid? Are so you fearful? No, there are ways and strategies you can ask somebody if they are afraid or fearful of something without disrespecting them. But I believe it's something that should be asked in one's friendships, in one's endeavors, in one's family, in their professional circles. Questions like that should be asked so you can know what you're working with, who you're working with, and who you need to stop working with. God empowered you for a specific task, just like he did Gideon. And if God did not empower them, let them walk away. Let them walk away fearful and trembling. Because as they walk away, that's helping you because that fear and that anxiety or whatever it is that they're carrying, that doesn't need to be around you. You've been empowered by God. And God's empowering nature is on the inside of you. And fear and faith and empowerment and being afraid... Those things can't coexist with one another. So let them leave and don't take it personal. It's okay. And of course, in that moment or at that time, one might feel like it was a loss. They suffered a loss. But when you look at the grand scheme of things, it was really a gain. So going back to the scripture. You have the 10,000 troops who stayed because 22,000 left because they were afraid. And to the natural eye, one can think, man, I had 20,000 people. Now I have 10,000. I mean, 10,000 is not that bad. That's a lot of support, so I should be okay. So God, what's next? (laughs) Once you get settled in thinking and getting comfortable with the 10,000, God tells you, yeah, you still have too many people around you, just like he told Gideon. There are still too many troops. So God is not playing about this screening and training process at all. And now it's time for you to see who you really have in your life. Because God just keeps telling you, okay, let them leave. Separate from them. Stand still. They'll walk away. I'm going to show you what I'm going to do with you. You're looking like, God, who's about to leave now? What's going on? And has that ever happened to you? You are about to be promoted for something or God is taking you or calling you to do something great that you've never done before? You have all these people on your text thread telling them everything you have going on. You're calling people. Come check this out. I don't want you to hear this idea. I had this in mind. I'm about to do X, Y, and Z, A, B, and C, 1, 2, and 3. What do you think? Oh, tell me your thoughts. And then God stops you right there in your tracks and tells you, hey, um, stop. Stop. Some people are fearful that you are going to the next level. They are afraid of who you will become. Let them walk away, and you looking like what they leaving? I thought that was my friend. And then God is telling you, okay, now you have these people before you, but get ready. I'm about to remove some people from this circle too. You're looking like, oh, gosh, I only have five people in my phone. Has this happened to you? So, going back to scripture. God allows Gideon to have a revelation about the people he was around. And has God ever allowed you to have a revelation about the people you are? are around, or you were around, and how these people really contribute to your life. That's what Gideon was going through. God allowed him to see who really contributed to his life. Who really was happy about what God was doing for him, to him, and through him. Who was really on board with God's purpose and plan for his life. Who really wanted to see Gideon successful in what God called him to do? Who was pushing Gideon to complete what God told him to do? So God makes it very clear and you read it. God told him, okay, we're going through another screening process. Let's go down to the water and I will test them for you there. And what's interesting about this, I just thought about this. Um, God already knew who he was going to select for Gideon to complete what he needed to do. But sometimes God allows us to go through the screening and training process with him so we can see for ourselves. We can see what people are doing. We can see how they carry on. We can see how they think. We can see how they respond to things. We can see how they turn their back. We can see how they walk away. We can see and identify their fears. So God knows what he's doing when he allows us to see things, when he reveals things to us. It's for us to see it, internalize it, and act on it. Because it's one thing to tell somebody, and I'm pretty sure some of you already know this, you can tell somebody, so-and-so said this. So-and-so did that. So-and-so said they were fearful and they were afraid. And if a person's mind is made up on what they want to do, despite what they heard, even though it might be truth, what they'll do is dismiss it. Because that desire to have those people... Around them for whatever reason it is, that's stronger than the truth. And this happens with some people. Boy, they have an imagination. They thinking all kinds of stuff. Somebody tell them, hey, do you understand that? This person is bad news. Oh not don't don't tell me that. That's not true. They didn't do that to me. They would never. They would never. Sometimes God allows us to see things. And even if we act on it or not, that seed has been planted because he showed us. He revealed it to us. And that's what was going on with Gideon. He was promoted. He was getting ready to do some great things. And God is letting him know we are trimming the fat. We are cutting down unfruitful branches. We are getting rid of the weeds. So Gideon listens to God. God tells him, okay, we're going to take these men by the water, go down by the water, and I will test them for you there. If I say to you, this one can go with you, he can go. But if I say about anyone, this one cannot go with you, he cannot go. You see how God was so specific in that? And he's speaking to us too. There's some people God said that can't go with you, but you're up here trying to sneak them in your pocket as if God can't see. Trying to hide them and take them where they are not supposed to go. And for individuals who've done things, bringing people along who shouldn't have been brought along, you know the... Consequences associated with that. And don't forget, when I say you, I'm speaking in general. But if it applies to you, it just applies. It applies to me. So it's just what it is. But God was specific. It didn't matter if it was a family member that Gideon really wanted to go with him to the next level. It didn't matter if it was his neighbor, his childhood friend, his spouse. God said, anyone I say who can't go, they can't go. Gideon takes them to the water and God tells Gideon, separate everyone who laps water with his tongue like a dog. Do the same with everyone who kneels to drink. So God is creating a rubric for Gideon to follow. So Gideon is looking. He's seeing people lay down on their belly, put their tongue and face to the water, and they really lapping up water like they're dogs. Then he sees people kneel down, getting water with their hands and drinking water from their hand. And he sees what God is talking about. And the people who were lapping water with their tongue like a dog, God said, it's time to leave them alone. They can't go with you. But the ones who are kneeling down, using their hands to drink the water and bringing up the water to their mouth, those 300 men, they are the ones who can go with you. They're the ones who are able to go fulfill the plan that I have. question do you need to screen some people in your life who say they can do things and they're for you they're like-minded just like you but once you bring them to a place where they are in need of nourishment you can really see how they operate because when they are getting what they want to fulfill their needs they're in their element People are in their element when they really eat and they are really thirsty and they are really hungry. They don't hide it, most people. And when you watch what a person is drinking, when you watch how a person is drinking, when you watch what people are doing when they quench their thirst, and it doesn't have to be a nutritional food type quenching What are people doing and how are people quenching their desires? How are people quenching their thoughts? How are they quenching their plans when they get thirsty? Do they just do whatever? Do they just lay down? Do they act real doggish to satisfy their desires? Whether their desires are financial relational, professional, academic, personal desires, how do they quench their thirst? Do they just do anything? They just lay down and look any type of way because they really don't care how they look as long as they get what they want, how they want it, despite how detestable they appear. They got it, though. Who is in your circle? Who? Are people around you just to lay down and lap up everything God blesses you with? Are people just getting real comfortable lapping up what you work for? because it quenches their desires, they don't care. My siblings have had dogs, okay, and I've watched these dogs, okay, several different dogs, several different breeds, but one thing these dogs had in common is if they were hungry, they did this, but I'm focusing on thirst right now. When these dogs were thirsty, in a bowl of water, and I'm talking about panting, tongue hanging out, they look real pitiful, okay, because they were thirsty. A bowl of water was set before them, and here's another disclaimer. It didn't matter the age of the dog, okay. I saw this from the dogs being young pups to seasoned hounds. They all did the same thing. They were thirsty, a bowl of water was set before them, or if they were by a stream drinking water, they shouldn't have been drinking. But in both scenarios, whether they had a bowl of water, they were drinking from a stream, wherever that dog was, when they started to drink water, they didn't care about their surroundings. Something could have been going on on the side of them. They were so focused on drinking water. Quenching their thirst. That's all they were focused on. It could be another dog barking at them. You could throw some toys at them. I mean. Make a whole bunch of noise. And I'm talking about family pets. But. You could be doing all these distractions, all this anything. Those dogs were not worried about that. They were focused on quenching their thirst. They were not alert. They were not ready. They were not thinking. They were focused on what they wanted. And then when they got what they wanted, and all this stuff could have been going on around them, when they quenched their thirst... Then they look around and, oh, yeah, what was you doing? Oh, you was throwing a ball? Let me go ahead and go get that ball for you. Let me go ahead and play. Oh, another dog was barking? Let me go ahead and bark back now. You see, after the dog quenched its thirst and it was feeling good, now it wants to get involved in what was going on. That could have been very dangerous. So when you see an individual walking around satisfying their desires and trying to quench their thirst, whatever they're thirsting for. And they lay down in a doggish way. And they don't care about their surroundings. While they're in battle, they're fighting for their life. They're fighting for their vision. They're fighting for their purpose. They're fighting for opportunities. They're fighting to break generational curses. They're fighting to go against the current of the storm. When God reveals that to you, it's time to thank God for that revelation. And don't try to tell these people or these individuals, hey, get up. Stop! Stop quenching your thirst like that. Get up! Don't do that. This is how you do it. No, stop! Stop! Don't you want to go? Mm-mm. Thank the Lord that He showed you who these individuals were and how they operate and how they do things, so you can separate yourself from them. Doesn't mean that you don't love them. Doesn't mean that they're bad people. Doesn't mean that they're useless. Doesn't mean that they don't have any value, but for this particular task God has you on, they can't go. God revealed it to you. Act on the revelation. Act on what God is showing you. Believe what he's showing you. And then thank God for orchestrating that whole screening process for your deliverance to leave them alone. When you go where God has commanded you to go and when you do what God has commanded you to do, you need the right people around you no matter how big or no matter how small the group is. The quality of the group is much better than the quantity of the group, especially when God told us in Romans the 8th chapter in the 31st verse, "'What shall we say then to these things?' If God be for us, who can be against us? And then what did God say in First John the fourth chapter and the fourth verse? But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people, because the Spirit who lives in you is greater than the Spirit who lives in the world. The aim is to not be afraid in letting people go letting the people God told you to let go (laughs) because I think you should be a little shaken up if you letting people go who God told you to keep but God has already empowered you with revelation on what to do don't try to unsee what God has allowed you to see the aim is to be content and not to be consumed with what you want how you want it And then your imagination paints this picture of what things are supposed to be and who's supposed to be there. If God told you to let it go, let it go. They're not supposed to be there if he said that they can't go. Don't look at, I invested all this time though with this person and with these people and with this team, with this company, with these people. Yeah, I understand these thoughts come into people's mind because you don't want to feel like you've wasted time. And then you feel like you don't have anything to show for it. And then you start thinking, I mean, I invested all this time with these people, with this idea, with this family, with this dream. If God said to let it go, let it go. God knows how to restore your time in what you invested. He knows how to do that. God is letting us all know to talk to Him and ask Him what the screening process in our lives what does it entail? And just ask them, God, what is the screening process for this? What's the screening process for this friendship? What's the screening process for this relationship? What's the screening process for my business? What's the screening process for this academic route I'm taking? What's the screening process for my coworkers and the people that I work with on my team? What is the screening process in every area and aspect of my life? God, show me how these people feed themselves. Show me how they quench their thirst, Lord. Show me how I'm quenching my thirst because I need to make sure that I'm presentable and I'm holy before you. God, show me how these people are feeding their dreams. Lord, show me how I'm feeding my dreams. Lord, show me how these people are quenching their desires. Lord, show me how I'm quenching my desires. Lord, show me how these people respond when they are dehydrated. Lord, show me how I'm responding when I'm dehydrated. Lord, show me if these people are in their right mind. Lord, keep me in my right mind. Lord, are these people aware and do they care about what's going on in and around them or will they do anything at any time to anyone to get what they want? Lord, show me if I'm doing that because I don't want to be that person. Lord, show me what I'm doing wrong. Lord, help me to get in alignment with you. Lord, show me if these people are alert. Lord, show me if I'm alert. Lord, show me what I need to do to stay alert. Lord, show me if these people are compromising for them and will they compromise for them to get what they want, to quench their thirst, to feed themselves. Lord, show me if I'm doing that. And if it doesn't please you, show me what I need to do, what my next steps are. Are you around people like that? Are you doing that? If so, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do if you're around people like that? And what are you going to do if you're the one displaying those negative characteristics? Overlooking it is not an option, especially if God has great plans for you. And we already know he does. So it's just time to do what needs to be done quickly. And are you aiming to be around people who kneel before the Lord? You see what Gideon did? He had to leave the people who were acting real doggish alone. But are you aiming to be around people who kneel before the Lord? Whether they are in a screening process with you or not. That's what the other men in scripture were doing. They kneeled before the Lord. When they took a sip, they kneeled before the Lord before they quenched their thirst. They kneeled in the presence of people. They positioned themselves in a posture of humility before God, before their team, in that screening process. These other men, they just didn't do what they wanted to do. They were mindful, but their nature came out when they were thirsty too. They quenched their thirst differently though. They didn't lose focus. They didn't get comfortable. They used their hands offering what God blessed them with up before they put it to their mouth to drink. You see how God empowered Gideon in Revelation? And when God gave Gideon this revelation with these groups of people, it was as clear as night and day. And when God empowered Gideon with Revelation, he was able to select the 300 chosen men to go do what needed to be done. And I believe God has empowered you with revelation regarding people too. What has God revealed to you? What has he shown you? God reveals to us who we need to have long-term relationships with and short-term relationships with. The short terms are similar to this story. You could have been going down a similar path, but somebody is fearful, whether it's you or whether that person or the person who they are connected to. And sometimes that fear is not somebody shaking in their boots, just, you know, quivering and just crying and tears coming down their eyes. Sometimes that fear can be cloaked in jealousy, hate, envy, pride. But when that fear is there, those individuals can't handle where God is taking you. So they quench their thirst in ways that are not conducive to your purpose and they go home. And they leave. And that's fine. It's a short-term relationship. But I believe God reveals to us also who is quality and who isn't. And yes, there are some people who are not quality. Now, if you are of quality, this doesn't pertain to you. But there are some people who lack quality. Their actions continuously display that they don't care about quality. They don't like quality. They don't want to get to know quality. They disrespect quality. But when God shows you an individual like that, You have the option to separate yourself. But when God shows you the people in your life who kneel down before him, who wait for him, who offer up their hands before they aim to quench their thirst-filled desires, their plans, their goals, and their dreams, will you choose them or will you focus on the numbers? Will you focus on the quantity Will you focus on, okay, if I choose this quality person over this, I mean, I won't have that. I won't have this stuff. Sometimes the stuff brings a host of problems that take a lifetime to get over. Which will you choose? Aim to do what God says. And we see in scripture that Gideon started off with more than 22,000 troops. But at the end, he had a group of 300 men. Looking at that, will we allow God to empower us with revelation? When he shows us who needs to go with this and who doesn't. Will we listen? It's best to have the 300 God honoring people who are for you and for God's plan than to be around over 22,000 fearful people who are willing to lay down and look any kind of way before anybody to drink anything unaware of their surroundings, not alert, just focused on their agenda. Let God empower you today. And praise God for empowering you with revelation. And the scripture I would like to leave you with is Jeremiah the 33rd chapter in the third verse. And it states, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great unsearchable things you do not know. God can reveal anything to you about anybody at any time in any way. In any place. God tells us to call to him. Pray to him. And he will answer us. God reveals things that only he can. In a way that only you can see. Because he grants insight. And you could be like Gideon. Taking somebody to a body of water. Not telling them, hey guys, you know. I need to figure out who can go with me or not. You know, God told me to choose. Because I got this great plan God has for my life, so I want you to go through this screening process. No, God doesn't need you to make those types of announcements. God can reveal to you who can go with you and who can't go with you based off of their own actions. All right, thanks for tuning in. Visit drkenitrabryant.com to download the Empowered Bible Study And on the site, you can grab some apparel aimed to inspire and remind you of who you are in Christ. You can connect with me on Instagram at Aim Towards the Target and on the YouVersion Bible app where you can download, subscribe, and complete a variety of Bible devotionals aimed to remind you that you are empowered in Christ. May God bless you with the strength, boldness, hope, courage, and revelation to do great things that bring God glory, praise, and honor. May God also empower you to be the best version of yourself every day as you impact others in your day-to-day interactions. And I encourage you to proclaim this out loud with me. You can repeat after me. In the name of Jesus, I declare that I am empowered by God in Revelation. I am empowered in boldness and strength to accept who can go with me and who can't go with me. Lord, I receive your revelation in my life, and I thank you for daily telling me great, unsearchable things I do not know as I walk in obedience to you. I receive it done in Jesus' name. Peace and God bless.